0: those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles, teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common." Press the button. Excellent. It's nice to be here. My name's James and uh, I run a church called The Common in Willoughby. know Lee through a whole range of different places and um, it's good to be here. So thank you for having me. It's been a weird, weird old week, hasn't it? I think, is it? Today's going to be the sixth day, I think, if we can crack 40 degrees ever on record. Is that right? That's amazing. What a cra- It started off with Djokovic being kicked out of the Australian Open and we heard that, you know, that was crazy enough and then we had our, the borders are closed indefinitely. That was crazy. And even more crazy, Meatloaf died. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Um, so it's a crazy week. Uh, but it's good to be here. It's, some, it's sort of a bit more sensible with God's people. Um, Mid-January, uh, only a couple of weeks ago, we went off to a... A holiday together as a family, and also with my sister and her two boys, two of her boys, uh, to Gilderton, not far away. Beautiful spot up there on Moor River. We're looking around to see what we can do in that metropolis of a place that it is, and um, we we saw a sign saying Thursday night bingo, and Jane wouldn't mind me saying it, my wife. That she's a goner when it comes to bingo. So Thursday night we were, we were doing family bingo, and we got in there, and the um, the place was going off. Um, I I, I love I loved it. Uh, the the country club, plastic uh, tables and chairs, and uh, you know good hearty pub food, you know, the parmigiana that's bigger than your head and three bits of spinach token salad with quarter tomatoes cut in it. Love it. My sort of place, absolutely um, fantastic. But the highlight, the real stars of the night were this couple who were running the bingo. They They were awesome. Now, this guy didn't, he wouldn't need one of these. He didn't need a microphone. His voice, mate, it could go over the top of... 50, whatever it was, 70 hungry people. Um, he was very, very good. However, I think his partner was actually the real magic. She had the prizes gathered. She was sat on a chair at a little table with a Chardonnay that I don't think ever went below quarter field. Um, uh-huh. And she kept him on track by not so subtly whispering to him, telling him what to do all the time. And I remember looking across to Jane and saying, I'd love to do this for a living. I love this. This is my sort of place. Uh, She wasn't as keen. Um, But afterwards, we made a conversation with this couple um, that was sold to the earth, especially I'll call her Bev, um, not a real name, but... uh, she was awesome, talking to her afterwards. I told her how we had forgotten to bring a left-handed set of golf clubs because my nephew is a left-handed golfer, so we couldn't play. Mate, she was straight on the phone, ringing up the locals. Do you, hey, you've got this people up here from Perth? They don't have any left-handed golf clubs. And then she said, oh, and I'll let you use my electric cart as well so you don't have to walk around the golf course. And then I found out that she secretly had been talking to Jane and and had found out that the Friday, the next day was my birthday, so she was going to bake a cake or make a cake for me as well. Hardly met her. Bev from the bingo. I mean, nothing was too much. A servant heart loving us. Uh, It was amazing. She said, can I have your business card so I can text you tomorrow? And so I gave her my card and then she found out that I was a pastor and she said, oh my... Um, can't say it in church have I been swearing I said yes you have but it doesn't matter um, and um, but anyway nothing was too big uh, she found the left-handed club so she gave us the cart uh, and that next night we were going back to the club because once we'd been there once we were hooked and uh, Friday night to celebrate my birthday and the night went on and she came up afterwards and sat down with us and she just started opening up a little bit about who she really was and what was going on in her life. She was in the... There was my sister who's studying theology, my wife who's a chaplain, me, our, our nephew who's running a youth group. You know, he, she was in the lion's den. She was going to get the gospel in the neck. And, um, <laughs> but she started saying, revealing this little story Significant story that happened only three weeks ago in that pub where these young teenagers had come in, uh, had been denied service after drinking the place dry and walked out and about an hour later one of them was dead on the road car surfing and she f- was the first to the scene. And a hard, you could tell it's hard for her to even talk about it. I... I I clumsily asked if it was okay if I could share the gospel with her, the good news of Jesus. I did so using two empty bourbon cans. It was pretty ordinary. Um, but Jane and my sister and my nephew talked about God's grace and he understands pain and that God's come in a person and knows what it's like and shared the gospel with her gracefully and, and lovingly and we waitedly We waited with expectations that she would respond. Hopefully respond a little bit like what they do in today's reading. If you've got the passage there in front of you. The context of this is that Jesus has ascended to the Father. He has sent his Holy Spirit at Pentecost. It's filled and renewed the people. And Peter, this guy who denied Jesus only weeks earlier, now stands in power and preaches using Old Testament prophecy to speak about Jesus and how in in their presence now, his life, his death and resurrection was now being fulfilled in Jesus, whom you crucified, Peter says, Verse 36, and he is now Lord and Messiah. This is Jesus, both Lord, King, God, the same status and essence of the Father. That's what's being proclaimed by Peter. He is God in the flesh. He is King. But also the one who has come to save, the promised Jewish Messiah, the Savior. And the response of about 3,000 people to this truth is that they were cut to the heart. Cut to the heart. What does it mean to be cut to the heart by something? John Stott says it's to be convicted of sin and conscience stricken cut to the heart, convicted of sin and conscience stricken. Now, Andrew Chan was totally convicted of his sin and conscience stricken but not until as a 21 year old he was thrown in a Bali prison awaiting the death penalty as one of the infamous, infamous Bali nine guilty of smuggling drugs. Chan Famously became a Christian in jail, studied theology and right up until his execution led the English worship service in that prison. He was even ordained as a minister of a church and for nearly 10 years taught and shared about the love of Jesus. His message was never about gathering of the good people, rather was more like the league of the guilty the solidarity of those who know they need forgiveness and redemption, the solidarity of those who have been cut to the heart. See, Chan considered his former life a waste, no benefit to anyone. And it was reading in the Bible that he came to see the grace, the unmerited favour of Jesus. It was reading the Bible he saw the value of being a blessing to others. And this was true for Chan right up to the last seconds as he sang hymns to his Lord and Messiah as the rifles cocked, took aim and exploded his redeemed heart that sent him into eternity with his Saviour. He was cut to the heart. Now the chances are slim, I would hope, that such extreme event will happen in our lives. But the question still must be asked, what does it mean for us to be cut to the heart by Jesus. Convicted of sin, convicted that we over and over trust anyone and anything rather than the glorious work of the Saviour. See, these early Christians, they ask in desperation to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? What do we do this morning here in Fremantle? What do we do? Peter responds, Repent and be baptized. And they do it. They repent and they get baptized. Repent, the Greek word, metanoia, change your mind. Change seeing the world through your own eyes, through our eyes, through my eyes, and now through the lens and the glory of God. And trust him. And baptism, which symbolises, of course, dying with Christ and rising again in glory. The old is gone and the new has come. Isn't, there's no greater thing to celebrate, is there, in a church than a baptism. I love a baptism. This is coming from an Anglican, by the way. <laughs> love baptisms. A couple of weeks' time down in Bicton Baths, we're baptising a, a, a mate of ours now, of the church. Doesn't even come to the common Came to faith in Willoughby. He Owns a shop in Willoughby. Come Now knows Jesus as his Lord and Saviour. His wife is now reading the Bible with him and they're reading like Tim Keller books and stuff. They're going to a Baptist church out in Armidale. And we're baptising him in a couple of weeks' time. His heart's been cut. He's seen the glory of the Saviour. We're going to celebrate it as a community. A beautiful thing. Lee told me that it wasn't that long ago, but it was, it was a colder time that you baptized some, someone down in the Swan River. What a wonderful thing to do! What a glorious thing. And, the, and there are two promises that we see in today's reading with repentance and baptism. The two promises, we see them in verse 38. The first promise is a forgiveness of sins. It's a promise. This is what you'll get. Forgiveness of sins. The slate is wiped clean. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That heavy heart is made light. That stone heart is made flesh. There's a joy and a freedom that the God who judges all of man's and women's works sees you as not guilty. There's freedom. And the second promise is that the Holy Spirit comes and lives in you. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The the very God who made the earth will come and dwell in you. These are the promises. Because God had cut people to the heart and gifted his people with forgiveness of sins... And filling of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of this conversion, of this radical act of God. It's a radical act of God. The fruit of it is a radical community. And a devotion to it that was so radical that we still do it today. In Fremantle, 2,000 years later, where some guy from Geelong, a bloke from America friends because of this and worshipping with his people it's such a radical act by god that the fruit of it is a radical community and we see this community described in verses 42 to 47 where there are about 12 beautiful marks of the church let's go through each one no i'm not going to do that um (laughs) Let's just look at the first verse. I think that'll do. Now let me just touch. There's four, four great So You can probably see them. Number one is that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They submitted to the apostles who themselves had sat under Jesus, under the teaching of this Lord and Messiah, the one that they had killed, that the, the Jewish leaders had killed. And we claim today to have an apostolic faith we say it in our creeds it's a faith that the apostles learnt from the saviour himself and now has been faithfully preserved in the scriptures that's our apostolic faith number two they had fellowship together they were in community together they devoted isn't that interesting word they devoted themselves to this to be a radical community. That's what they devoted themselves to do. We all want community until we have to do it, until we have to do radical community. then all our sins and all our friends' sins and the ones who we love all come to the surface. And then we have to repent and believe again. And again. And again. But they had devoted themselves to this, to love one another, under the lordship of Jesus. Number three, they had breaking of bread. They ate meals all the time together. And central to that, and we're going to do it again in a minute, was his supper, the Lord's Supper, where they remembered the death and resurrection and the certain return. These Christians lived in great hope of the certain return of the Messiah Lord who'd come back and make all things new and they would party together. Far better than the bingo night, but but that's pretty good. But nonetheless, that's what they'll be doing. And then the fourth and last mark here is that they devoted themselves to prayer. See, without prayer, you know this, the community is impotent, it's hopeless, it's gone. So prayer is this powerhouse which... We're called to do, to not just be praying for each other and for our struggles and pain, but who are we praying for who are far from God? Who have we written down who we're praying for? Lord, the greatest gift that I can give to anyone is to see them come to know and love you. Who are are we praying for? Who can be cut to the heart, come into an eternal life with Jesus? Simply put, there are two halves in this reading today. The first half is the good news of the radical work of God in Jesus, in the Lord and the Messiah. And the second half is the fruit of that radical act of God in that a radical community was developed. And that radical community teaches about Jesus. It devotes itself to loving one another. It breaks bread together and it prays together. But this community only happens because hearts are cut. And who cuts the heart? The great surgeon does. He skillfully and gracefully reaches down and slices hearts so they bleed for him. Hearts that would never follow him unless he did it. He cuts it open Not by the written code that we read about, that we learn about in Romans 2, but by grace. It's all him. Chan, one of the nine Bali bombers, uh, smugglers, sorry, drug smugglers, had his heart cut and repented and was baptised like the 3,000 who heard about this in this great sermon that Peter gave, their hearts are cut as well. Chan's now with his Lord and Messiah. Bev in Gilderton has heard, but we wait to see if her heart will be cut by the surgeon. And she'll respond in repentance and baptism. But let's just zoom in uncomfortably into our own hearts. Let's ask to be cut again. Uh, it will hurt. Uh, it always does. Uh, Eustace was a character, a boy, in C.S. Lewis's Narnia series. Uh, he was a little boy. He wanted to be a dragon. He turns into a dragon. Uh, and then he, he's changed back into a boy by this Christ-like figure, Aslan. It's a a metaphor, it's a description of what it means to be cut to the heart and repent and be baptised. Eustace says this, No matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't do it by myself. Then he came towards me. He's talking about Aslan. Aslan. Can you see the picture of Aslan, this great Christ-like figure with a lion, the lion of Judah, all-powerful? can slice hearts with a whip of his paw. It sort of hurt, Eustace says, but it was a good pain, like when you pull a thorn from your foot. See, repenting and believing hurts, but it's the only way into the kingdom, into the radical community as well of the church. There's no other way to enter it. For such a radical thing has been done that God in full grace has come to us in the person of Jesus Christ and died on a cross for the redemption and the sins for all of us. Risen in glory, and he's coming back to make all things new. God is so devoted to us in Jesus. Lee asked me, What's earlier in the week? What's the heading for this passage? What are you gonna, what's the heading for this sermon? And I said, Us being devoted to Jesus. And the more I thought about it, the more I wrote it, this is actually about God being devoted to us. This is God being devoted to us, He loves us. He loves you, he loves me, he loves Fremantle Church. God is so devoted to us in Jesus that we, out of thanksgiving, devote ourselves to him as Lord of our lives, as Lord over our families, Lord over our relationships, Lord over our businesses, Lord over everything. So this morning, let's... Devote ourselves again to Jesus. We're going to take communion soon, and it's a chance we remember that again. But again this morning, let's devote ourselves to Jesus by repenting and believing and receiving. We need to receive the promises of forgiveness. Jesus actually came, he wants us to have that. Who are we to deny that the cross wasn't enough for us? One drop of blood's enough for us. His sacrifice is enough for you or me, for whatever we've done, wherever we've been, whatever we're thinking, even what's happened this week. His blood's enough. And the filling again of the Holy Spirit to renew us to love one another for the good works that He's planned for us in advance. So let me pray for us now, the God who is devoted to us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way that you break into lives. And we thank you that you broke into history in such a radical time here in Acts 2, where it looked like you were gone, but it had just started. And you filled people with your Holy Spirit. And you cut people to the heart and they responded with repentance and being baptised. And Jesus, we repent again as a church. We repent now again just in our own lives. We know what we think and what we do and what we say and how we treat each other and the ways that we go for idols over the top of you all the time, Lord. We give you all of those and we accept your forgiveness that those things are not held against us, but we're free to live as radical Christians together. May we pray for those who are far from you. May we continue to sit under the teaching of the apostles. May we break bread together, Lord. Father, we thank you for this today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, that you are devoted to us in Jesus Christ, Amen.